Welcome to episode 123 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. It's that time of year again, when I get the itch to make unrealistic lists of what I want to accomplish in the final days of the year. These lists never seem to take into account how many distractions there are in December. It's definitely not business as usual, and it shouldn't be. This is the time of year when I want to be focusing more on my family and friends than anything else. For me, that means taking a break from my weekly podcast and email schedule during the week of Christmas and New Year's. It's possible that I will still have work to do to meet my fourth quarter goal, drafting my second book, Your Relationship-Based Business Plan, Achieve Greater Impact and Income. But I'm going to give it up my all through December 20th and then pick it back up again when I'm back from visiting family for the holidays. I'm going to try to set a realistic expectation of what's possible while away and surrounded by relatives. My plan is to come back rested, refreshed, and ready to tackle my 2019 goals, one quarter at a time. To that end, this is the time of year when I'll be putting the finishing touches on my preliminary goals for each quarter of 2019, one major and two minor. I've been buzzing with ideas, and I know I can't do all of them in January, so I'll be building my own relationship-based business plan so I can create momentum and leverage my limited time. Your challenge for this week Make a list of what you'd like to accomplish between now and the end of the year. Prioritize this list. What are the goals, one or two of them, that you absolutely must finish? Look at your calendar and block time to work on your priority goal. It could be just 15, 30 minutes a day or several hours a day for several days. Make these times firm and don't let anything else derail you giving your best effort. Then, the week of Christmas to New Year's, let it go. Take a deep breath and write a list acknowledging all that you did accomplish this year rather than focus on what was left undone. Mentally prepare yourself for a really great 2019. Try this and let me know how it goes. Now, onto this week's show. Today's guest specializes in helping companies optimize their online presence. His journey to becoming a digital marketing expert was circuitous and includes being a couples therapist a senior director of a nonprofit that housed and sheltered homeless women. His own experience with homelessness as a young child in Columbia makes his expertise in social media marketing, podcasting, email automation, and website optimization even more remarkable. He has been featured, quoted, and written about in publications such as Chicago Tribune, Forbes, J.P. Morgan, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, and so many others. He has worked with Inc. 500 companies, New York Times bestselling authors, top franchises across America, yoga studios, health clubs, and digital agencies. He helps his clients capture more leads, get more sales, and be the top in their industry. Please join me in welcoming Luis Congdon. Hey, what's up, guys? Excited to be here. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. This is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me from your office in Seattle. Um, so as you, you know, as you know, this is a show about building great relationships and strong networks. And the, the context of the conversations network of this networking is about leadership. So tell me, what does leadership mean to you? And when did you realize you had the skills to lead? 
Well, I think everybody's a leader. Uh, leadership is just whenever we have the ability to influence others. And sometimes the leader is the quietest person in the room who is doing their work and inspiring others to do their work. Uh, sometimes the leader is the loudest person who is, uh, you know, telling a group of people, let's go this way. So I'd say everybody's a leader. I wouldn't say that there was like a moment when I realized I had uh, leadership because I believe that at any time, any moment, everyone is a leader. Mm. So was there a time early on that you um, had to step up and and like, I mean, it sounds like you had a life where, you were solely in charge of your existence and that that's a that's leadership especially at a young age re- realizing that you are the one who has to sort of make sure that you're not just surviving but thriving were there people that sort of influenced that or supported you or made you think i can do this i believe in myself uh you know sports more than anything i think is where i really cultivated uh a lot of those skill sets around leadership part of being uh being part of a team showing up and realizing that uh, in order for anything to really work, we all need to play as much as we can, uh, being as involved as we can be. And the truth of it is that everybody's, you know, if you want to accomplish anything big, you need a team. And there's times and moments when everybody who is part of that team will indirectly or directly impact the mm-hmm. outcome for the whole community. So it's very important for everyone to really perceive and view themselves as a leader. It does not matter where they're at in the chain of hierarchy. We all have leadership roles. Yeah. So did you seek out uh, like captain roles or other like formal titles or did you mostly understand even then that you could lead like lead from a, like a teammate level? Um, you know, I got a, I've been awarded uh, leadership positions a lot in sports, and I believe that most of it just has to do with the fact that no matter what my role was in sports uh, and what position I was, I always showed up and did my best to inspire everyone to show up, to work hard, uh, to listen to the coach, to listen to the leaders. And then, you know, once we were set off to do whatever work was was needed to do my best to do that work and to push and motivate everyone. And I think that that creates the kind of mindset uh, necessary to be given that leadership role. But you don't get that role unless you're the kind of person who's willing to lead. Mm, yeah, people have to recognize it in you. If you yeah. are, if you're leading quietly, people may not notice that you're doing it. So there is a way in which you have to to get recognized. You have to sort of be a little bit visible. But anybody, bit, yeah, yeah, can I think, step up. Yeah, and I think you're given that as long as you're willing to to work hard and to do the certain kinds of things that give you the the right. Being a leader, being given that kind of iconic position as the leader is something that's a privilege and it is something that's awarded and you get it because you've done the things necessary. You know, right now I'm working with a client who works for uh, a high-end agency and he's one of the copywriters and he's been complaining to me that his, his uh, agency that he works for as an employee doesn't recognize him enough and doesn't give him enough leadership roles. And one of the things that I've asked him is, well, in what ways are you making sure that you're stepping up as a leader. And you know, one of the examples that he gave me is as we've been working together, a few sessions in, he he messages me and says, Hey, this is really fantastic. I got invited to come and give some feedback and input as kind of the the copywriter in the room. And so I was invited to this kind of private meeting 
I was the copywriter that they were looking to for information. I gave them some feedback, but I'm upset that they don't give me more of those. And I said, well, you know, the problem with this is that you're not celebrating the win. And the second part is why don't you message them and tell them how wonderful that was and say, Hey, here are a couple notes that I took after the meeting so that you guys can continue utilizing this expertise that you've invited me into, uh, to share. And then he also had this kind of complaint where, you know, he kind of keeps going with this complaint about they're not giving me enough leadership and they're not acknowledging me enough. Uh, and I'm hesitant to share on Facebook, some of my expertise, because I, I want to create this positioning, right? And I want them to want and need my expertise. And, and so I don't share, uh, you know, all the skill sets that I have uh, publicly. And I don't message my team and tell them, hey, I watched this one video that you guys did here, a few notes. And I said, well, why don't you just start posting some of that stuff that, you know, like not notes for the company, but hey, you know, here's some things that I recognize that all people in this area should utilize. And, uh, you know, another example he gave me is there's a team meeting coming up and they've brought in an expert. And this expert is considered a professional in marketing, somebody who's a leadership, who's recognized in marketing. And there's a few topics that he's going to cover. And my client and specifically is an expert in creating what's called video sales letters. So when you see a video and it entices you and you want to give the email and then you want to watch the series of videos, He's an expert in creating those and creating what should be said and what are the words and how do you lay the whole page out and what does the person say on the video so that it makes the viewer really excited to purchase and learn from these series of free videos. And he said, I'm really upset because they're bringing in this expert and he's covering a topic that I'm an expert in. Like, this is where I'm an assassin. Like I have the scope, I have the weapon and just very few people have that kind of precision in the way that I do. Like he is kind of a shotgun. He knows a lot of different things and he can spray far and he's recognized, but I'm an expert in this. And I said, well, why don't you uh, email your boss and say, hey, listen, I'm really excited that he's coming in to talk about these different topics. I want to let you know that I'm really looking forward to this meeting. I'm going to be taking notes so that if he doesn't cover certain elements of video sales letters, I'd be more than happy to send you or the team supplementary uh, notes on it. And then I said, show up to that meeting really excited and really listen to the guy, raise your hand, ask questions, give feedback. And then afterwards, email the community, uh, your team or your boss, and just say, hey, listen, I absolutely love this uh, meeting. The content was fantastic. There was these five different points he didn't cover. And while I absolutely love what he shared, I wanted to add these things. And now I just want to let you know, if you'd like, I'm more than happy to give a uh, you know one-hour talk to the rest of our team to cover this to make us better. And I said, that's how you make yourself a leader is you take the lead to be the best, to contribute the best. And then by default, they will have to keep you around. They will have to raise your, your yeah. fees. They will have to put you in a leadership position and they will recognize you as such. But the mindset that, oh, I'm not being recognized as a leader, that's always going to hurt you uh, because you're waiting for someone else to dub thee the knight, like become the knight and be that person. And then you will be recognized as that person. Yeah, Luis, I, you, you're nailing this whole piece is about not mindset, right? Because right. the frame that he had, no matter what good things happened, it was going to be a negative. Right. And and you, no one wants to then work with an Eeyore. <laughs> like if he's right. not grateful for the opportunities given to him. And you're, you're, give, you're helping him position himself as the authority, uh, but as a team player who's an authority and not a know-it-all who's the That's authority. Right. 
And it's, it, I think when you're in that moment, like he is, that, that feels like such a nuanced difference. Um, like, well, you know, I can't just be me. I can't be, I can't show people how smart I am. And it's like, well, yes, you just have to package it. And uh, it, it's great that he found you because you're right. Like, so when someone has that much expertise, how can we help leverage that? And the other piece I wanted to unpack was you talking about his, um, how he shows up in the rest of the world. I mean, Dory Clark talks about this. This is like, uh, it's actually your second book was Stand Out, How to Find Your Breakthrough Idea and Build a Following Around It. And it's, it was written for anybody, but people who are working in an industry still, like this person, like your client, if you can show up in the rest of the world and other people start to see you as the expert, well, now your retention value is much higher. They'll start to tap you. But you know, I, I actually work with someone who is working a full-time job as a copywriter, actually, and he started a, a podcast. Uh, because he wanted to kind of showcase what he knows. And the podcast actually got picked up by a local copywriters group. And so it has legitimacy of the group, but it's his content that's being put out there. So, you know, you got to make your mark, whether you're sticking around the same job or you're ready to, you know, see where your career takes you. Um, how did, like, this is a lot for you to learn. How did, how did you start to understand these nuances about, how to show up and show your worth, your value in ways that people are receptive. Mm. You know, I'm still learning, man. I got to be honest. I'm still learning. I'm consistently learning. I recently got married and that has created this kind of uh, huge change in my experience of myself. I also, you know, full, full transparency here, guys, like I'm growing and learning about this stuff constantly. So who you're talking to is very different than who I was just a few months ago. And to share something with you is, well, first of all, like I'll go back to high school because high school is really fundamental in certain ways. I belong to a wrestling team that here in Seattle, Washington was considered a terrible wrestling team team like just in the state of Washington we're a horrible wrestling team we didn't have enough people to even be considered a full wrestling team so by default our team every time we showed up and had a match against another team just by default if every single person on my team did not win or make the certain weight which is just po- like impossible for all of us to win that match unless the other team is worse and uh, there's maybe like one other team that was, you know, equal. And so there was a good challenge. And so what happened is I would show up to these matches and we were going to lose all the time. It's just, that's the default. And I would show up as a new wrestler and the, the reality is that I just wasn't as good as some of the other people because there were people that started since they were like kindergarten and moved up and their parents had more money than mine uh, and they had more experience. They just had everything. And so I created a different mindset because my first year I lost every single match. I got pinned. It not just lost, but I got pinned. Like I just got demolished. And so my second year I said, Hey, I want to be a winner. But the truth of it is, is that I'm always going to lose. Like that's just the reality. When you put it down on paper and you look at points, I'm going to lose every single time. So I have to change my mindset about what losing and winning means, right? Because if I, if I want to leave every single match and put my head down and my tails between my leg thinking I'm a loser uh, and, and, and looking at the score to give me the feedback as to how good I am and whether I'm not a, a winner or a loser – well, I'm always going to lose. That's just the reality. So I changed my mindset and I said, you know what? I'm always going to be a winner because every single match that I have, 
I will always learn something. So whether I get pinned, whether I lose by points or whatever it might be, I'm going to win because I'm going to go out there and try my hardest. And then afterwards, I'm going to review what happened and I'm going to improve. And so essentially what's happening is I'm getting a chance to wrestle with these guys who are better than me, who have worked harder than me, who have had more education than me. And I'm getting an education completely free and I'm going to have notes. So the next time I don't make that mistake, so next time I'm improving, and so I never lost a match in my life since that moment. And this, the third year I wrestled, I, the third year I was a junior. I wasn't a senior. And I was promoted to the team captain, one of the younger team captains to have ever been like given that position. I was also awarded the, this uh, most inspirational team member, which was not something that our team really gave away, but our, our coach just saw, right? And I was given the MVP for two years in a row. And the reason was is because I never lost the match. That was my mindset. I always learned. I always showed up early. I stayed late. I did everything, right? If there was something that could make me better, I was hungry for it. And I knew that I was great because I was always winning. And, and that's something that I really like. It's a little bit of a tangent because you're asking this question of how do you develop that? And one of the things that I wanted to share was just not too long ago, I had this coach, an amazing coach who took me on completely free. Now, this is a guy who makes $8 million a year. He doesn't need to take people on for free. He doesn't need to scout clients. But for some reason, he wanted to work with me. And one of the first things that he said to me is I showed up to our meeting three minutes late. And he said, why are you late, Luis? Like, who do you think you are that it's okay that you're late to this meeting, right? And three minutes, like, man, I can get three minutes. Most of us can excuse that. But he wanted me to be even better. And eventually, this coach ended up firing me. He said, you know, you show up late to meetings and you started showing up on time, but like, it just, it's just not enough. And you treat your business like it's a game and you play around too much and you lack professionalism and I'd hurt, you know, and, and I was kind of mad at him and, 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 and I focused on him and I blamed him. I even told him, I'm upset that you would say this to me. And then later I had to take that back to the drawing board and say, what kind of person focuses so much on him? And then goes, well, you, you fired me as a client, even though it was free, like we had eight sessions and he fired me like four sessions in. What kind of person says, I'm upset with him? Why can't I realize, well, what was I doing that would make somebody as professional and, and profession, uh, professional and as successful as him? What would make him go, I don't want to work with you anymore? And then I realized, wait, like... I don't treat my business as seriously as I can. I, I don't show up as often as I can. I don't, I, I just let things kind of happen sometimes and I'm not as strong of a catalyst in my business. And so that mindset that I'm talking about in wrestling, I wasn't applying it to my business in the same way because I didn't see myself as a leader uh, because I sometimes would say, well, my wife can take care of that. My team can take care of that. And then things didn't get done because I just let it go to other people. So to tell you, to, to say one thing is that this is always something we're consistently developing. And two, who you're talking to is very different than who you would have talked to just a few months ago. And I strongly believe that everybody's a leader. It's just how much you're willing to own and be responsible for the results in your life. Yeah, no, that's a really powerful example. And, uh, and I also, I feel like he probably taught you more by firing you as a client than if he had just let you string along and not really make the most of the full eight sessions. Yes. Um, 
And I bet you that you could probably go back to that person a year from now, having shown the work you've done and, and continue that relationship strong because you've taken to heart his, his lesson. And that's all yes. people at, at that point, he, like you said, he's not looking for clients. He wants to pa- he wants to have an impact. He wants to pass along his knowledge yes. and you, you were able to take it. in. I think the early example of the wrestling gave you the sort of groundwork for how to sort of flip that in your head. But anytime we, all of us, we could just fall into the trap of it being about other people. You know, particularly in a moment when it really is about us. So uh, you have a really interesting sort of like history and work. And I I think that's true for most people who are in the online space. It's, you know, particularly anyone who's like over 25. (laughs) Um, You know, they, they, you know, you did something before you did this online space. And you started to realize the skills that you had in these other, uh, whether it was like different career paths, somehow you were able to morph into this. How long ago did this, the current like version of your work become your work? Is this like a few years? Like how long has it been? Yeah, definitely. You know, when I first started my business, I wanted to start in the, in the relationship world. And so my first go at having my own business was actually coaching couples. I was an exceptionally great coach for couples. Once I got into a room and could talk to a couple, I had a very high success rate at doing the things that most coaches uh, struggle and frankly are not good at. Uh, Getting couples to open up about their pain, getting couples to share what's really actually happening, right? Getting them to open up so deeply that, that it hurts both of them and getting them to come back so that they will continue to improve and address the problems and the underlying problems and hearing what's not actually being said so that can actually be said. So that was my first go at business. And, and in all honesty, I was not good at the other elements of running a business. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to enroll clients. I didn't know how to talk about my pricing. I didn't know how to uh, scale and ask for more clients and bring more clients. I didn't know how to build a website, write emails. I just didn't know how to do anything but the service and the fulfillment of the service. And so that business failed miserably. Right. And I didn't know. And here's the thing. Here's what my coach spotted uh, recently. And, And even though I'm better at it, he still called BS on it. And it was me not not taking enough leadership to say, this is an area I'm weak in and I'm going to improve it. And I'm not going to leave it to chance. And I'm not going to let this other person who's part of my team hold the responsibility for that. I'm going to make it better because I want to be the best. And so in the case of my first go at business, I burned through all of my savings, ended up sleeping on my friend's couch, slept in my car a few times and had to go get a job again. And, and when I went and got a job, I worked at that job in a way I never have because I had that hunger. I needed to create savings. I wanted to change my life. And then I went back to the online space, realizing if you're going to run any kind of business, you can't just be good at the fulfillment. Now you also have to develop uh, your ability to enroll people, to talk to people, to uh, talk as a businessman, to talk as a salesman. And the things that we tend to resist in our business tend to be the things that hurt us the most. And most people are so busy looking at everyone else who's really great and not looking at themselves and going, well, I need to develop this area. And the problem with studying like some of the best people in the world is that 
they've gone to places and pains that we haven't experienced yet that are essential. Uh, and so, you know, wherever anybody's at in their business and what's hurting, I think that that's what you need to look at. So if you're not getting enough clients, you need to start studying people who are really good at getting clients. If you're not charging the prices you want to charge, then you need to start studying sales. And I didn't want, I did never wanted to be a guy who was great at sales. My wife would say to me, uh, back then my girlfriend, she would say to me, uh, you know, Luis, you're a good salesman. You can keep making yourself even a better salesman. I said, oh no, sales, Ugh, yuck, I won't touch that. She said, well, you're not going to get a lot of money if you don't master this. You need to take leadership and improve this part of your life. Uh, and I think a lot of us are, you know, wherever we're at in business or in life, the things that we tend to resist tend to be the things that are hurting us the most. That's a, I think, introspective moment for everyone listening to really think about what that is. How, how many years ago have you been in this online space, in this iteration? Yeah, so online. So what happened is I started this relationship business and I, I created this amazing podcast. And once I realized I went back, I had to get a job and I still kept interviewing people. I absolutely loved and believed that if you want to be great at something, go and talk to the other people who are great. And that's where a podcast was kind of the gold mine. It allowed me access to people who were charging. Uh, Jack Canfield, for example, he's going to charge you a lot for you to sit down with him for an hour. So I use my podcast as a way to have an hour with Jack or Marion Williamson or all these amazing famous people. And I didn't have to pay them, but I could ask them all these questions and be in their energy and their presence. And uh, one thing I can say about that is letting someone else be a leader is also essential to us pro producing leadership qualities in ourselves. So in those interviews, those people were the leaders. But here's my belief, is that I believe that when I got on a phone call with somebody like Jack Canfield, that guy's on fire. Like he has really stoked and built a powerful fire. And I believed that I was like kindling. And if I could just get near the fire, it would light me up, right? Uh, and so now what ended up happening is after a while, people started saying, wow, you're really amazing at getting a hold of these really hard to reach people. Can I pay you to teach me how to do this? Can I pay you to teach me how to produce a podcast like yours? And my whole life, the whole trajectory from one conversation, from one suggestion shifted. And then I became a podcasting expert, which has now morphed into this whole other thing. And that podcasting thing I've been doing for six years now. And then for the last three years, I've really been honing the, the abilities to market and to produce great qualities in the field of marketing and sales. Uh, because you, it's very hard to scale a business if you can't yeah. also market and sell. I, so part of what I hear in all of this uh, is that, you know, you're, you're moving along, <clears throat> you're doing something that you found a passion for, which is podcasting, even though the business part didn't work out. You recognize that this particular medium gives you access to people that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. You see it as a professional development. You're learning all the time. So you're networking, you're learning, you're building great relationships. And people start to ask you questions. And I think this is something anyone listening could, could notice. What are the things people always ask you about that you're happy to share? Because it's because it's just a passion of yours. You're like really into this one thing. Can you monetize it? <laughs> that should be the next question. And you thought about it and thought, well, yeah, you know. Because so I have clients who come to me wanting help launching a podcast, 
and want to help launching a book. I had 100 reviews on Amazon on my launch day and 150 worldwide a week later. People take notice of that and they think, well, how can I do that? But I actually had a moment where I was like, well, I don't want to be known as the podcast launch guy. But what I recognized was the clients who came to me with those two needs actually wanted more. They just did not articulate that they wanted a multi-revenue stream business. They wanted to have, you know, landing pages and lead magnets and a stronger email list and the ability to sell some sort of minimally viable product. All they had was the shiny object of the podcast or the book. And I, I actually saw that it was a segue into a different client. And it took me a while to, to notice that shift. And right, it's a lot about paying attention. And you heard enough people asking that you were like, oh, I could offer this. And you and I know each other because you have a thriving community. Well, thriving, it's a good word for it. You have a thriving community on Facebook, which is how I, we got to know each other a little bit. At what point did you start that space? Because I think you, the fact that you didn't just keep it as a private email, but you created a public community space to me, is part of your magic? You know, it's a great question because it really goes back to one of our original conversations is that you being given a leadership position is not something that happens. It's something that we are a catalyst for. It's something that we lead and breathe ourselves towards. It's something that we run into because we're running ahead of everyone else. And people eventually say, wow, you're running at a faster pace. You're the leader right? You're, you're leading us somewhere. Uh, and, and it is something that we do from in an internal space. And, and I think that the crux of the problem in a lot of the world or in, in a lot of spaces when we're talking about leadership, like my client is, you know, the client that I talked about earlier is the problem is that we've lived in this world where you come onto a sports team and someone says, I dub the leader. You come into a classroom and the teacher has been dubbed as the leader and that teacher now has the power to dub someone else in the class leader. And so what happens is we see this world and we only see one dimension and the dimension that we get used to seeing repeatedly is somebody else has been given a leadership role by someone else who's been a leader. And so it's not going to happen to me because it's, it's almost like by chance. But what's happening underneath all of that, and to go back to your question, what happened with me to answer kind of my, my story and your question is what happened is I actually joined a paid podcast community. I paid a good amount to be part of this community and to take this guy's class on podcasting. And what I started doing in this community is I started posting videos and I said, hey guys, my podcast is really new. I don't have an email list. I have a bad website, but Today, I got an extra 1,300 downloads in a matter of five hours. So my podcast normally gets 800 downloads a day. We just added 1,300 in a matter of a few hours. Here's what I did, and I did a video tutorial. Nobody asked me. Nobody paid me. Nobody encouraged me to do this. I just posted the video, and people went nuts. Then a couple weeks later, I actually got a $5,000 check from somebody who came on my podcast and we made some sales through an interview. And for me, $5,000 was transformational. Like I never made that, especially from a podcast, especially in a single day. And so I posted a video and said, hey, 
I made $5,000 from this one podcast episode. I want to give you a walkthrough. Nobody asked me. Nobody encouraged me. Nobody paid me. And the guy who was hosting the whole community, he didn't even, like, he didn't ask me or do anything with it. I posted it. And for about a week, that was the number one post of the whole group of nearly 3,000 people. And that one was number one. And then people started messaging me, right? And so then I decided, wait. A lot of people don't have $1,500 to spend to join a paid community. So I'm going to create a community that rivals, uh, and, and not to rival this other person, we're not in competition, but what I mean is I'm going to create a community that is in in tandem of quality with this community that I'm part of, but it's something I can give away for free because I know what it's like to be broke and I know what it's like to struggle to be part of this paid community. So I created a free community and I started doing the exact same things over there. Now I had no business plan, so I didn't think it was going to be a business. It was just fun. Right. And it was something that I wanted to do. But if you think about it is I was being a leader. I did not know that at the time, but I was taking leadership uh, steps and I did not know that. And so I created this community and became very thriving. Uh, and I was young at the time, uh, you know, so I didn't really know what I was doing, but I started giving away so much time. And eventually what ended up happening is I made a post inside of this uh, paid community offering, offering to sell a service, which was a no-no in this group. And I didn't know that. Uh, and, and not only that, I was almost willing for it to just, I just wanted to start making money. And so I made this post. And the leader said, hey, you know, if you do this kind of post again, I'm going to have to uh, kick you out of the group. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and I was kind of innocent. And, uh, and then later I made some other kind of post that upset people on that community. And it was not my intention to upset people, but I got kicked out of that group. So now I'm sitting with this kind of pain of like, oh, I just got kicked out of a community. This hurts. And the only thing that I'm allowed to do when something hurts there's really only two options is let it keep hurting or find some way to transform uh, the manure of an experience, so to speak, and turn it into fuel or turn it into something that uh, promotes growth, right? Because manure is what helps flowers blossom. So what can we use from that bad experience to create something better? Well, you know what? I'm tired of being in part of a paid community where someone else controls me, where somebody else can tell me what's okay and not okay, where I can't make sales, right? And so I went and promoted my group even more. And I started sharing in my group more and adding more value. And that is what that that's that's how we need to think of leadership is that if we're really excited about something and we have a skill set we share it and we give it to anyone possible that we possibly can and just by the nature just because uh you know gravity on earth works in a certain way when you're giving value and you're sharing and you're leading by the very nature of life someone will dub you leader whether or not you want it if you do these certain things you are a leader but you can't wait for other people to dub you leader. You can't wait for someone to acknowledge you or give you some kind of award. So this is kind of reminding me of, uh, I, I when I went to write my book, <clears throat> my first book, I tried figuring out who told this to me and I asked three people and none of them remembered saying it. So I still don't know who told me this, but there are four steps to being an expert. Show up, participate, lead, expert. So if you're not careful, you become an expert in things you don't really care about. Like you show up to uh, the social hour at your church, and then you, you decide to like go regularly and participate, 
And then you realize that someone's putting out the danishes and helping with the coffee. And so you start helping. And then one day you show up early and you start setting up the coffee. And then three weeks later, someone looks at you and says, oh, since you're an expert with the coffee, do you, do you mind training this other person? And you're like, That's right. I wasn't even trying. And I just think that if you think about it, you know, we're mostly already several steps towards expertise if we're just mindful. And it feels like there was a moment in this story where you were like, you know what? I have all the ingredients to, to not just lead, but be to, to be recognized as an expert. That's right. um, and, to, and then people are seeking you out. And then at that point, monetizing just is so much easier. I, I'm curious, what do you find most rewarding about the work you're doing today? Um, you know, no one's going to like immediately answer this, but I, I, I want to say that one of the biggest rewards is that people trust me enough to give me their time, to give me the role of being a leadership and to pay me to help them solve their problems because money is energy and time is energy, right? And when somebody gives you trust, time and money, there's a huge honor in that. And so what I most love about this is that people trust me enough for them to say, I'm hurting in this area and I'm willing to give you energy to help me. I'm willing to give you energy so that you can give me energy to improve and enhance this area of my life. So I want to make sure we talk a little bit about networking in particular, because I feel like you in your you know, online spaces, you move through a lot of different communities, you're known very well in some communities, you're, there are probably still some um, influencers that you're still trying to reach out and connect with. How do you keep track? How do you keep track of these both established and sort of budding relationships uh, especially if it's not with someone that you're immediately going to be in business. Like they're, they're not a prospect. They're more of a colleague or just someone you really respect and look up to. Do you have any habits or like practices around how you sort of nurture those connections? Definitely, definitely. Well, one of the ways that I'm a strong believer that the more that someone sees you or the more that you can kind of create t- quality touch points, the more that you can nurture a high quality relationship and also, uh, bring that relationship into a space where you're talking about business, right? Because in order for someone to do business with you, they have to know you first. They have to know that you even exist. There are planets in the universe that I have no idea that exist. If there was a meteor coming at the planet right now and my life was in danger and I, and I did not learn about it and I was sitting in the right place where that uh, meteor is going to hit, if I don't know that it exists, I can't do anything about it nor can I be threatened by it, nor can I, uh, you know, want to engage with the solution. So first we have to know that that person exists, right? Two, we have to like that person or have a level of trust because conversions, sales really has to do with trust, right? That's the most fundamental element. But the first and most fundamental is that we have to know that person exists. And so, and and sometimes we have to know multiple times, right? You know, how long you read a book and you decide to go to somebody's seminar or you hear about a book, how long until you actually go and buy that product or service? It might take you time and we have to be reminded, right? This is why companies spend billions of dollars just reminding us that they exist. Do you do anything in particular? Do you uh, host dinners or when you're traveling, do you like organize get togethers? Do you have a list of people you reach out to? Like, like tell me about your process. 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, for me, my process is I created a list of people that I wanted to meet and connect with. And one of the first things I do is I go and friend request them on Facebook. If they have a Facebook profile, I'm going to friend request them. If they only have a business profile, I'm going to like that page. I'm going to like their posts. I'm going to comment on their posts. Uh, If that doesn't quite feel like it's reaching strong enough or help me. I also go to LinkedIn or I go to Twitter and I also cultivate a relationship there because I have a podcast. I have a very fast in with somebody because I can ask them to come on my podcast, right? As an expert, my quick in with you is, Hey, can I be a guest on your show? Here's what I'll offer you. Here's what I'll offer your community. And you say, yeah, right. Where as somebody else may just comment on your post and you're like, I don't know who that is. So what we want to do is we want to create quality touch points with people. And this is not complicated. Like a lot of people sometimes will think about this and think, but I I don't know how to reach out to somebody. I don't know how to create a connection, but it's as easy as saying hello. Mm -hmm. And online, we have a lot of tools to say hello. Mm -hmm. A friend request is a hello. A like and a comment is a hello. Once you do that, you, you create a little visibility. And now creating close proximity is just do that a little bit more often. And so on Facebook, one of the things I do is if I, you know, if I really wanted to get on your podcast and you kept ignoring my messages or I felt like your show was, you know, that I'd have to take a little bit more time, what I might do is I might friend request you. You accept my friend request. I make sure that your posts start showing up right away as soon as they're posted on my wall. And then I like and comment on a regular basis And then after I've done this a few times, I see that uh, you're hanging out with your family in Cabo's and I message you and just say, hey, it looks like Mexico is really treating you well. I've never been there. Would you recommend it to me? Now Mm. I'm creating a conversation. And I do the same thing with my podcast guests, influencers. It's not an accident that I'm going into Jack Canfield's two of his books. And I did not pitch the traditional way. If you want to be part of his success principles or chicken soup for the soul, there's pages where you can, you know, send a chapter and hope that he reads it and hope that you're selected. Me, I had him come on the podcast. Then mm-hmm. I friend requested him on Facebook. And then I messaged him and just said, hey, I really love your success principles. And, uh, you know, if you're ever looking for somebody to contribute a chapter, I want you to know that I've written something about you and your success principles and how they've impacted my life. And I would be more than honored to share that with you. He responds and says, that sounds amazing. Please send me the chapter. Send it to him. I've cut through the line now. Mm. Now he writes, I send him that chapter. He absolutely loves it. And then later on, because we're Facebook friends, he sees one of my Facebook posts that had nearly 300 likes and over 100 comments. And he writes me and says, hey, I really like that Facebook post. I would like to use that post in another one of my books. Uh, would you be okay with that? I said, fantastic. Please do so. And that's kind of, uh, this is how we do it is we create as many ways to stay part of somebody's world. You can do it with clients. You can do it with influencers. You, I mean, if I wanted to get to know Obama, it's going to take me longer. Obama has many more people around him, but trust me, if I wanted to, I could do it. You, of course, you're talking about Michelle. That's right. That's right. He's <laughs> that's got right. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Michelle, don't you want to come on a show? That's <laughs> you right. got a new book. So um, if we're connecting a year from now and uh, we are celebrating all of your wins from the previous year, I, w- I want to know what are we going to be toasting to your success? What do you have coming up in the next year? 
Yeah, definitely. We would be celebrating one is a, a major launch that we did that we're in the process of doing with this uh, large publication. It's a it's a worldwide magazine and we're doing a launch with them. So we'd be celebrating, uh, you know, one of our first six figure launches in like a single month with that magazine. Then we would be celebrating another launch where I'm in the midst of doing my real first Facebook ads campaign to a completely cold audience. And you and I would be celebrating that I had over 20 20, 30 students register for that class at once for a live class. And we would celebrate that because this is an opportunity for me to make more impact and teach people how to hone these areas where they're struggling with very, very simple, easy to use techniques that are all on Facebook, not ads, just literally making posts. And I want to get that out to more people. So we'd also be celebrating that. And I would be celebrating one year of marriage. I mean, you know, uh, and as well as we'd be celebrating that I've really dedicated myself to spending more time with family and that I've done so and have really enriched those relationships as well as, uh, you know, another one that I think would be really cool to celebrate is that I lost, say, like 10 pounds of weight. I'm a little overweight right now and I would like to lose some weight. So we would celebrate that also. I love this. Speak all of it into existence, right? Yes. Make it real because then you'll, you'll work on it differently. So Luis, how can people find you and follow your work? Definitely. People can go to thrivinglaunch.com and everything is there, thrivinglaunch.com. And from there, you're welcome to Facebook request me. If you want to be friends, you're welcome to write me a message. You're welcome to email me from my website. You can find everything that you need to know in order to connect with me. I'm a very open person. And I believe no matter how famous I get, how big my roster of clients get or influencers that I've worked with, I will maintain a, uh, a sense of humility, humbleness, and everyday kind of personness. That's awesome. Well, we're going to have all those links in the show notes. I also have your LinkedIn, your Twitter, and a link to your book, uh, Facebook Marketing, Turn Likes into Dollars, Grow Your Audience, and Make Money on Facebook Without Paying for Ads, That's which right. sounds like an awesome promise, I have to say. It's a great title. Thanks. So we'll have a link to that as well. It'll all be available to you at ontheschmooze.com. Thank you, Luis, so much. This was a fantastic. Of course. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Luis. Such a pleasure to speak with him and learn about his leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 123. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's episode. By now, you've probably heard me talk more than a few times about my online group coaching program, The More Program for Entrepreneurial Women. But you may not know that I work with clients of all genders through one-on-one coaching. So if one-on-one is more your speed or you don't fit the demographic of my group members, reach out about scheduling a complimentary chat. I'd love to learn more about you and your business goals. Contact me through my website. We'll set up a time to chat. If you enjoyed this episode with Louise, please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's show. Remember, subscribing is always free. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find our page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance. and look forward to connecting again next week when I'll be interviewing another talent professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an amazing week.
Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.